0: Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm extremely excited for this week's episode with the one and only Mark Shapiro. Mark is an incredible relationship builder. I've known him for years. He's a dear friend, and he sent over 10,000 video messages as a technique for building and maintaining relationships, and in this episode, we go deep on... Ways in which you can build your relationships that are most meaningful to you. And we're recording this week amidst a lot of uncertainty here in the United States, with the presidential election still yet to be determined, a lot of stress, and it's just a reminder that relationships are one of the great medicines we have in our life. You know, Harvard has shown that actually the greatest corollary to our long term health and happiness is the caliber of our long term relationships. So I just wanted to focus on things we can do right now so we can be at cause in life and not at effect to all the forces around us. So double down on those around you, practice random acts of kindness, and um, so grateful for your listening. If you get a chance, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, It means the world to me and it helps us build the community. But regardless, I hope you're doing very well. I'm so grateful for your time and effort and energy and being a part of this community. And without further ado, it's my great pleasure to introduce the one
1: and only Mark Shapiro.
0: All right. I'm here with my good friend, Mark Shapiro. Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Michael, it's such an honor to be here. I love you dearly and just such a fan of all the work you're doing with Peak Mind, such an important subject.
0: Thank you, my man. Yeah, you and I, for context, for those listening, uh, both Mark and I, Mark's one of my best friends, but both of us uh, had uh, very, very close, dear uh, parents who uh, suffered with cognitive decline. Um, And so, Mark, I want to acknowledge you first for just being so supportive of me um, during my journey uh, with my dad and his dementia. And yeah, um, both you and I obviously know the value of, of, of our time and our time with loved ones. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. Um, I was thinking about, you know, over the course of the, this last week, so as we record, it's, it's the week of the U.S. election, and we still don't necessarily know who the president is going to be. And, you know, I think the prevailing sentiment that I've experienced for many is one of stress and fear and disconnection. Um, And I I found a quote last night that really resonated with me, which I posted and got a lot of response for, which was try to do something this week to help someone else in a way that has nothing to do with politics. It will make Mm -hmm. you feel better and it will be a small but measurable step in helping heal our world. And I know that you uh, are the guy I think about when I think about, for lack of a better term, sort of random outreach and random acts of kindness. Um, You're the guy who always on my birthday, you know, sends me a really thoughtful video note, um, you know, and I know that you've done that thousands of times. So I'd love if you could maybe start by just sharing with the audience, like, you know, what prompted you or what, where did the idea originate for you to to reach out to people in such a, you know, in such a beautiful, thoughtful way? Um, and what, you know, obviously we'll go, this is a broader subject, we'll go deeper mm-hmm. into it. But like, yep. I'd love to hear eventually kind of what you've seen result from it. What kind of, with those seeds of, of, of kind of selfless, uh, you know, thoughtful kindness what 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 have you seen sort of eventuate from that? But but maybe you could start by just sharing a little bit. You know how many of these messages you sent and and how you came up with the idea, and, and we can go from there.
1: Yeah, totally, Michael. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to share. I've learned some truly profound lessons that have changed my life in terms of cultivating greater connection, but also like supporting my own mental health through kindness and gratitude. But the story, the, the how the story goes is, let's rewind the clock, uh, five years ago back in, um, well, I guess it was 2016. So four years ago, 2016, I was kind of at this point in time when I was definitely addicted to social media, but I kind of had a love-hate relationship with it where I would delete it and reinstall it all the time. And while there were certain benefits that I really enjoyed with social media, being able to, you know, keep in touch with other people, see what other people are up to. I also like found it to be emotionally taxing. I'd go to social media sometimes and I would just scroll endlessly and compare my life to other people's, you know, posts and feel envious and feel worse about myself kind of in that process. And I just thought to myself, Michael, like, we're more connected than ever with our smartphones we can literally reach anyone across the globe in any moment you know why are we utilizing these social media tools that oftentimes make us feel worse when they could literally unite humanity and you know while i think social media definitely has some perks and benefits like gofundme campaigns and getting a lot of messages and so forth on your birthday and being able to reach a lot of people I still, like, especially four years ago, when I looked at the social media landscape, I just saw so much superficiality, self-centered objectives, you know, people fishing for validation and likes. And when I say people, myself included, I definitely did that as well. And I just, like, wonder, like, there's got to be something more out there. So that's kind of where I was at the time of when this story kind of began. And also at the same time, um, as you kind of alluded, my dad passed away after an 18-year battle with young onset Alzheimer's disease. And um, I had documented his journey similar to you, which you've done so beautifully with your dad, uh, on social media. So when he finally passed away, I received so much love on Facebook and Instagram And that was one of those instances where I felt like, you know, people really came together and were utilizing social media, like really to support me and for good. And I felt so incredibly loved up and touched during this like really, really dark time for me when I just didn't really know what the best way to cope after losing my dad, even though I knew he was going to pass away. So I got so many thoughtful messages from people that I wanted to really show my gratitude for these messages. And I started like, you know, typing responses to people and it was taking me forever to get the words right. And I'm like, I have like four or 500 like people I want to get back to who've like literally said something really thoughtful to me. And so I decided to just pick up my phone, and I started sending voice notes to people in response, thanking them. And I learned three really valuable lessons. I kind of had three aha moments. The first one was that just picking up the phone and sending a voice note to someone took less time than writing out a paragraph and getting the words right. The second thing is I found it to be very therapeutic just to allow myself to press record and flow and express myself for 20 seconds to a minute. And then the third piece is that the person who I was sending this message to could actually hear my voice. So we had a moment of greater connection than you might necessarily be able to cultivate just through like a text message or a like, especially on on a post. So it was really a profound experience for me, Michael. And I, I felt so much better after sending these voice notes that I thought to myself, there's gotta be a way to incorporate something like this as a ritual in my daily life to support me and to support my relationships. And so I thought to myself, oh well, what's something that I could do to apply this in my daily life and I thought well what if I like you know reach out to everyone I'm connected with on Facebook on their birthdays with a birthday note. And then I thought to myself, oh that's a great idea and What if I made it a video message? What if I sent everyone I know a video message on their birthdays? So I came up with this idea, and you know, to be real with you, Michael, the reason why I really zeroed in on that is this kind of like hypothesis and this idea to try out is that I thought to myself, well, social media like has a lot of thorns. No one else is using social media in this way, and because no one else is going to do is doing it, I might as well give it a try. I'm so fed up with the status quo. And I'm like, since no one else is doing it, let me find out. I'll kind of be, you know, I'll go on this journey. I'll kind of be the Lewis and Clark of sending birthday videos to everyone I know. So I started sending these videos and I remember like really sucking at first and like seeing whose birthday it was on the first day and being like, maybe I'll start tomorrow. But I did it and I very quickly learned um, some incredibly valuable lessons. I mean, first and foremost, people love when other people take the time to think of them and like no matter whether i was sending video messages to someone who is like you know a close friend or family or to some random person that i may or may not have even remembered where i met them they were so incredibly like appreciative that i took the time out of my busy life to stop and pause and to go above and beyond to acknowledge them to wish them well for the year ahead. And so since it was working, I just kept doing it and doing it, doing it. And it became like a cherished daily ritual of mine where even if I was having a terrible day or feeling a little bit down on my luck, the second that I would go to Facebook and see whose birthday it was and start sending these personalized video messages, I felt better. So I was really tapping into the power of gratitude, the scientific benefits of gratitude that when we show gratitude for the things in our life, it naturally decreases stress and uh, increases uh, joy and happiness. So I was definitely experiencing the benefits of that. And at the same time, Michael, it was like reigniting all sorts of relationships that I had kind of like let slip away and go dormant over the years. And um, it just brought in more like meaningful connection into my life. And even more specifically, I was opening up doors of possibility by reconnecting with people that I hadn't talked to in a while. And so in a nutshell, that's kind of the story to date. I've sent over 10,000 personalized appreciation videos and uh, it led me to the TEDx stage where I shared my learnings uh, back in 2017. And uh, now to my latest project, which I'm sure we can get into more. But uh, in a nutshell, that is the story.
0: I love it. So, a couple of quick follow up questions. For those who would be interested in replicating that kind of action, how did you keep track of everyone's birthday? Did you just go to Facebook and see whose birthday it was that day? Or, like, what's the, because I think that, you know, in the world we live in today, you know, we have a, we have a, a dearth in many ways of connections. But oftentimes uh, an absence of, of, of deep relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're doing is is such a a, a beautiful bridge between what, what is a connection and, and the deepening of a true relationship. But unless you have like a CRM or like some, you know, some software to remind you of whose birthday it is, obviously you're close, close people, you know, you, you'll, you'll keep track of, but how did you, how did you know it was someone's birthday? Did you just use a tool like Facebook to, to like, see whose birthday it was that day?
1: Yeah, precisely. I go into Facebook every single day. I see whose birthday it is and you know just go down the list and one at a time uh send a thoughtful message and I try to make the messages as personalized as possible, recalling a memory or you know, something that I admire about them. I'll try to get that in there um as well. But uh yeah, it, it definitely like Michael, when I look at like relationships, we're connected to so many people on social media. I mean, there is definitely a perk of amassing, you know, followers and likes. But you know, oftentimes, like we're just kind of watching these people from across the s- screens, and we're not necessarily e- actually engaging with them. So by you know reaching out and sending a, a personalized video message, um, it, it certainly is like breaking that wall that stands between us. And uh, I think what's interesting, going back to your question about what was the system that allowed me to be able to follow through on it. And so when I started sending the videos, I, I have 3,000 Facebook uh, followers friends, 3,000 Facebook friends. So it's a lot of people I'm sending personalized video messages to about seven a day. But when I started it, pretty much every single person had their birthday listed on their Facebook. And then I've noticed that over the years, over the last four years, a lot of people have started to hide their birthday on Facebook. But ironically, since the start of quarantine, I'm noticing people are starting to list their birthday again publicly because they're really craving connections. So kind of just an interesting anecdote.
0: Yes. What, so we, you just referred one of the things that I find fascinating. So I also have, when I'm good, a daily practice of, and this is one of the things I've been thinking about for the book as kind of a secret sauce, where I will, as part of my morning routine, um, express gratitude to people. Now, generally, that's, that's looked like voice notes. And then mm-hmm. I also do sort of handwritten notes, because I find, I think both video and handwritten notes fa- fall into that category mm-hmm. of like a more rarefied form of communication. Yeah, I kind of talk it, I talk about it like a, you know, be, be a signal in the noise, you know, and I think video, a thoughtful video message or a really beautiful handwritten card, you know, everyone gets deluges of emails, you know, everyone gets deluges of text. And while like, you know, sending it, you know, a text of happy birthday is more meaningful than not sending anything at all. I think it, it largely moves into the into the brain as, you know, sort of like, oh, cool, you know, that, you know, and then you move on. Whereas I feel like totally. a video that has an authentic form of acknowledgement that is unique and thoughtful is exponentially more uh, seen, heard and valued. Um, it sounds like you have, I imagine after 10,000, of these messages, I would I would imagine you sort of whether you've actually measured it out or just kind of come to realize what gets the best feedback or response. Mm-hmm. Come to terms with what the what kind of acknowledgements people really resonate and respond to. Um, you mentioned a couple things earlier. You you know you mentioned sort of you know a memory you know a shared memory. You mentioned I think um, acknowledging for something unique about themselves. Insofar as you're able to either anecdotally or based on you know you know this this sort of <laughs> for, for, and I know you're not doing it as a research project but this vast swath of, of of experience have you have you have you distilled certain elements that that make an incredibly thoughtful acknowledgement um, be be heard and and felt in in a really truly profound way.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you know just from sending so many of them, I have gotten naturally better. And what I find to kind of be the ingredients for, um, a great video. I think the first thing is just like your way of being like, if you're, you know, if you're super positive and loving and joyful, that's going to translate across the screen into the other person's inbox and, you know, be contagious, uh, to some degree. So I think that that's almost more important than actually what you say. But from a what to say thing, I think it's like any story. You want to have a beginning, middle, and end. So the beginning can be something as simple as, hey, Michael, you know, I see on Facebook it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. Um, I hope you're doing well, something like that. Um, then I get into the middle chunk, which is usually the acknowledgement piece. Um, and then the third piece is just like wishing them well you know, ending on a strong, you know, uplifting note. So that's really the super duper simple formula. What I find what works is authenticity. Um, just, you know, speaking my truth, not being judgmental of myself when I'm delivering the message, which I definitely have probably in thousands of the 10,000s of, um, video messages I've sent. And then I also find that like a really cool, beautiful background, um, really, really resonates with people because it makes it feel more special, like that you took time out of like hanging out at the beach to send someone a birthday video. And then also surprise guests are also really, really big where, you know, it's kind of like a group love bomb type of thing where you're getting loved up by multiple people. So that's kind of my formula. And, um, you know, there's certain things that I, I mean, I, I believe I'm not asking for anything in return when I send these videos, but what I always strive to do, Michael, is just to let people know that I'm sending good vibes their way because who doesn't want to be the recipient of good vibes or the recipient of other people wishing them well? And so I usually will say something along the lines of, you know, I wish you good fortune across all areas of your life in the year ahead or whatever your birthday wish is today. Like I am just sending you good vibes for it to come true because, Hey, life is tough. There's lots of ups and downs at least in my life. And the more people that are you know wishing me well and praying for me, um, you know, I'll take all the support and love I can get.
0: Yeah. Well, there's interesting, and I've, you know you know you know I've talked about this before, but for those listening, you know the the Har- there's Harvard research that shows greatest kind of longitudinal study of its kind that the greatest corollary to our long-term health and happiness is the caliber of our long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's another quote, which I find fascinating, which is by Terrence McKenna, where he says, ostensibly, you know, the world has changed more since 1992 than it did the previous thousand years. Now, whether that's a truism or not, you know, ostensibly what he's getting at is the advent of the internet and how You know, I think physiologically, we're very much wired in a certain way and we're moving so exponentially quickly that many of us are sort of striving to keep up, if you will. And I think in the advent of technology, that is super true. And while there's people who talk about nutrition and like, you know, what's optimal for a body that's evolved over hundreds of thousands of years and how, you know, new inputs like, you know, many of the foods that are made today may not have been what the body adapts to. One could make a similar argument, I think, around relationships and, mm-hmm. and if you will, sort of relational nutrition, wherein, you know, previously you'd be in a tribe or in an intimate community. And now we are we are we are all often spread out around the world and both connected and disconnected through this incredible tool we call technology. And so I love that you're finding a way to bridge the gap, if you will, um, utilizing the technology that, you know, those many probably who are listening and probably watch The Social Dilemma, um, you know, there's definitely, obviously, challenges to the addictive nature of technology as a tool. And there's definitely the the sort of FOMO or the the comparing ourselves to others, which can be adverse to, you know, our psychology. But it's a tool that's going to be with us. And so how do we use that tool? And I love that you're you're using it for good and actually to generate the bridges and generate connection and generate acknowledgement as opposed to what I think is oftentimes the prevailing status quo, if you will, which is, you know, the highlight reel, look how amazing my life is. Uh, You wish you were me, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm using an extreme example, but call it like the, the Dan Blazerian or like the caricatures of life of like, oh yeah, I'm only hanging out with like, you know, attractive models in my Lamborghini on the beach, (laughs) you know, like this kind of caricature of like, uh, of life. But, but as you, as you, as you've kind of delved into this, and you've you've seen kind of you know ten thousands of the, of these messages go out there. Granted, you're doing it, which I think is the exact right approach in terms of it being no expectation of return. It's not quid pro quo. It's simply an offering or a giving, mm-hmm. uh, which is an ancient way of building relationships, right? It's just being of service to people. Um, how are you finding these digital ripples um, kind of take take form and take shape? in the caliber of you building life-changing relationships Mm -hmm. in your own world. Like, are there, are there any stories you can share, uh, for those listening, maybe ways in which they could replicate some of this practice in their own life. But what kind of like anecdotally, like results have you seen or things that have happened in your life as a result of sending these messages that may not have happened if you hadn't had this practice?
1: Yeah, totally. Thank you for asking, Michael. And I loved, the term that you maybe coined relational nutrition, uh, I think that 's great. I oftentimes call it social wellness, and you know you alluded to some of the statistics about the strength of our social ties having a really big impact on our long term physical health we don 't necessarily always think that, and oftentimes our relationships become like nurturing our relationships, keeping in touch with people. We can often look at that as a chore or something that would be nice to do versus like a vital thing to do for our overall mental health and well-being and physical health. So I think that that's something that I've really, really learned the value of and the importance of that staying connected to the people we care about, nurturing relationships and like I am take a big stand and I'll always advocate for people to nurture at least one important connection in their life every single day. And I liken it to the habit of brushing our teeth. You know, We brush our teeth every single day, A, because we want to have good breath, but we also don't want our teeth to decay. And I think we need to look at the way we approach our relationships in the same kind of way that it really is something as important as brushing our teeth every single day and not something you know we're just going to do once we've got done with everything else, if we have energy, maybe. Because it does take a toll on us. So, I wanted to share that. In terms of some of the takeaways that I've gotten from sending so many videos, uh, I'm going to start with one that I think is kind of a heartfelt thing, Michael. But I have lost four Facebook friends um, in the last four years, and not lost as if, like, you know, we're not friends on Facebook anymore. They literally perished. Um, and without sending them a personalized video message on their birthday for, in some of the cases, for four years in a row, I wouldn't have had an individualized touchpoint with them maybe in a decade or two because I know one friend I lost was from high school there or two from college. And by having this touchpoint with them, I got to engage with them. And interestingly enough, of the four people that passed away, two of them sent me video messages in response. So now I have this eternalized touchpoint from them, a video message speaking to me directly. And I think that that is so, so powerful and I know oftentimes in our life, we don't necessarily express the things that we feel about other people. And then there's no guarantees in life and someone might pass away. And so that's something that actually is true for me with my dad in that he was sick with Alzheimer's for so long and wasn't really able to communicate you know, his wishes for me in the late stages of the disease. But I go back to a video of his speech to me at my bar mitzvah that I continue to watch. So uh, I think it's so important. I, th- I think that's one of the coolest things about sending these video messages. Is there's no guarantees in life, and uh, I'm grateful to have had these connected moments with people that wouldn't have existed um, had I not sent the video messages. So that's one. Uh, from like a purely social standpoint, Michael, um, I get invited to way more birthday parties. <laughs> believe- like you know, at least once a week, you know, like I'll send someone a video message and they'll be like, that's so sweet. I'm actually having a party. You should come. So, uh, it definitely works from that perspective. I think also from a social perspective, Michael, that when I'm out and about and I run into someone that I'm Facebook friends with, that I've sent a birthday video to, they will instantly come up to me and we will drop into a meaningful conversation like that. And on the flip side, some of these types of relationships are people I may maybe met, uh, you know, in passing years before, or, you know, I'd only had one in-person touch point with them. And they're the types of people that oftentimes when we see them out and about, we kind of like will double take and we'll be like, is that really that, is that really my Facebook friend? Is that really Jim? I don't know. And then like maybe my social discomfort will like make my head turn the other way and I'll pretend like I didn't see them and I'll go off in the other direction. Sending these birthday videos, like really like, breaks through that like social discomfort and like, we'll just like engage in a conversation, a beautiful conversation. So naturally I feel less alone when I go out in public, when I run into people and, um, it's just beautiful to have the meaningful conversations and stuff with people as a result. And then lastly, from a professional standpoint, it's created all sorts of opportunities. And like I said, I don't ask for anything in return. But naturally, more people know you know what I'm up to as a result of me reaching out to them. Uh, you know m- there might be a greater likelihood that they'll you know check out my page or you know check out my podcast and so forth. and so um it's created all sorts of uh, additional introductions. It's created uh, coaching clients and my coaching practice, it's uh, introductions for press opportunities. Uh, just this week alone, um, I got introduced to someone. Uh, Because of the birthday videos and I'm going to be interviewed in their documentary. So like it, it, I know my situation is, you know, kind of unique and specific, but I do think it's available to anyone in that, you know, relationships are kind of like doors. And if we're not nurturing our relationships, the door is like shut. And if you haven't nurtured a relationship in a really long time, maybe that level of connection between the two people will like essentially become a locked door where, you know, you wish you hadn't locked it because you're having a tough time figuring out how you're going to get back in to connect with the person. So I think that, you know, sending someone a birthday video is just such a beautiful and easy way to continue to nurture a relationship.
0: Yeah, you really – I think you said something really powerful there. My, my mom used the analogy. She said friends are like uh, plants. They need to be watered. Or they need to be nurtured. Yeah. And I like – but I like the uh, analogy of the door. And I think one of the interesting things is I feel like – and this is – you know, you, you know, and I've spoken to you about this. Uh, in the context of sort of networking, if you will, so beyond like our close personal relationships – you know, as you get into professional relationships, I think one of the things that's also totally antiquated and broken is largely our, our view of networking, because so many people approach it from a transactional basis, and they only reach out to people when they want something from them. Totally. Um, and I think that that can have a more deleterious effect on the relationship. And if you will hasten the locking of that door, um, if not done gracefully, then almost anything else. Um, there's, there's sort of neglect, but then there's also like being perceived as a, as a, I use it, I call it batteries and black holes, right? So Mm. batteries are the people that like you who, who charge you up, right? Like they're givers, like your birthday messages are an exemplification of that, right? Like no expectation, no quid pro quo, acknowledging and seeing someone based on what's valuable to them, AKA when they came into the world Mm. and and the acknowledgement. Whereas a lot of people, I think, are black holes. We, many of us listening, you know, we all have folks in our life. Some can be family. Some can be friends we grew up with. Some, you know, maybe coworkers who just suck our energy. You know, we we walk away and we just don't feel good after afterwards. And I think what I like is I feel like what you're doing is antidotal to the black hole. It's like there's no quid pro quo. You're not asking for anything. And by the way, if you did ask, they'd be way more likely if uh, if you've already given and given, given, like after three years of getting a message for you from you on my birthday, if you ask me for something, I mean, we're close friends anyway, it would be on. But like i'd be I'm way more likely now because of the fact that you've built that muscle with me as opposed to just being like a taker you know and someone who who i I relate to every time they reach out randomly it's an ask as opposed
1: mm-hmm, to a for sure
0: so I love that you're that you're basically building that muscle and that practice of of being sort of of being a giver because I feel like that's That's, um, I think it's a really beautiful practice. What, what, what have you noticed also just in terms of, because I know you're, you're big on authenticity and also, you know, you're, you're at a lot of these birthday parties, you are a very social guy. Are there any other practices that you find in relational uh, nutrition, if you will, in your in your building of these social ties, mm-hmm. aside from the video messages that you found to be particularly uh, poignant and potent in fostering yes. and maintaining relationships?
1: Yeah. So I, I this next one came to me for two reasons. One, because after sending the video messages and giving a TEDx talk on it, a lot of people would tell me that they either started sending birthday videos, whether to everyone or just to a few people, or they were inspired to reach out to people in their own, you know, unique and authentic way uh, to express gratitude, whether on birthdays or other miscellaneous days. Um, but I also realized, Michael, that it's like pretty extreme to send a personalized video message to every single person, you know. And, you know, I realize, like, you know, while I have done that, that's not the point. I'm not telling people to send video messages to everyone that they know. I'm just what what I think I'm like, want to be an example of here is just the power of of having this type of practice of gratitude and showing appreciation for other people in whatever way feels authentic for you is the gift that keeps on giving for you. So while sending video messages to everyone on their birthdays might not be something you'd ever do. That's okay. What is the version for you that would support you and feeling you know and filling your own cup and also nurturing your relationships? So the segue to that, Michael, is, while I was sending all these personalized video messages to people seven eight a day, I realized that I actually wasn't necessarily keeping in as close touch with the people that were most important to me, like my grandparents or my cousins. And so that was a really you know interesting thing when I realized like wow uh, I wish that I talked to my grandparents once a week. They're not getting any younger. And it, what I kind of realized is that like it's really important to have a system to prioritize the right people. You know, when you look at social media, Facebook, Instagram, we're connected to so many people, but like who really are the people that are most important to us? Like, you know, at the end of our life, who would we not want to lose touch with? Or who are the people that could really help us the most? Or who are the people that bring us the most joy? And so that's essentially kind of was the impetus for creating the love bomb app is creating kind of starting over from scratch and just like being really intentional about who are the people that I really care about most and like definitely want to keep my relationship strong with. It's a really powerful exercise. And I know most of us haven't taken, you know, 15, 20 minutes to sit down and make a list and to kind of figure out, you know, how often do I want to be in touch with all these people? And, you know, what do I appreciate about them? So that's really at the heart of love bomb. And the idea behind it is to like first choose uh, people that you really want to prioritize uh, across all areas of your life, whether it's social, people in your family, business contacts, people you've lost touch with from your past, people who you think are awesome and you want to get to know better. And then it's just like creating a simple system to nurture one of those connections every single day and creating kind of of a habit in terms of doing so to ensure that you continue to follow through, maybe build a streak and so forth.
0: I like that. Yeah. I feel like we exercise ideally if we're good kind of every day. Um, you know, we sleep, we're meditating if we're good every day. I feel like on the relational side, given that it's so integral to our health and well-being. Um, I think it's super powerful to think about that. Like what and I, I love that you've created a tool to sort of enhance that, if you will, the the sort of uh relational gym where people can go and kind of keep building those muscles that that bind us together. Um yeah. so so in that in that context, say for example, I had articulated and isolated say say 50 people mm-hmm. that that um I really want to nurture relationships with. Like, how do, you, how do you advise thinking about, like, how often you connect with them or, like, the ways in which you connect with them? Like, once you kind of ascertain that those are people that are important to you, mm-hmm. do you have any insights um, into what you feel is most valuable or useful in maintaining and building those relationships?
1: You know, I think trusting your gut, um, but also, like, you know, like trusting your gut and not, like, just Trusting your fear, uh, I think that you know you gave a great little metaphor about, like um, talking about like going to the gym, like that we should approach our relationships kind of the same way. But it's like when you're going to the gym, if you're going to f forty five or if you're going and like lifting super heavy weights, it's not like just a walk in the freaking park, right? It's like it's challenging to do that. And, you know, I think that's something that's important to remember is that when nurturing relationships, like if you're going to reach out to someone who you haven't talked to in a really long time uh, and might not be fully confident in your relationship, or if there's someone who you think could really, really help you and you're trying to figure out the right way to approach them, like that isn't a scary and an uncomfortable feeling because you might get rejected. But the thing that I've learned, Michael, is that you know, while I continue to have these fears and thoughts of insecurity and like, I'll tell myself, oh, I don't have enough time to reach out to this person. Maybe I'll do it later. Or I don't want to be a burden or I don't want to look bad. Maybe the time, you know, I should do it is later. Or There's some sort of chicken in the egg scenario. You know what? I continuously remind myself that when we give our kind attention to another human being, it's a gift. Yeah. And I think it's important for all of us to remember, especially like right now, when our social life's you know, are not the same as they were before the pandemic, or you're probably not going out as much as you, know, you normally would. You're not seeing the people who you just run into at a social gathering or at the supermarket or whatever it is. And, you know, we're all feeling the pain of social distancing. We're spending more time with ourselves, which, you know, there's certainly benefits to that. But knowing that somebody else is thinking about us and thinking kindly of us, Like, that is such a gift to let somebody else know that. So that, I think, is my favorite tip, Michael, to kind of give to everyone is that you don't necessarily have to, you know, provide some kind of crazy tangible value where you're going to make an introduction to the most, you know, prominent, successful person in your network. You know, you don't have to necessarily, like, you know, roll over to someone's house and, like, you know, help them move apartments. But something as small as just giving your kind attention, being like, "Hey, you know, I was, you know, I was with a friend last week, and Michael, your name came up in conversation. We were talking about like how thoughtful you are, and how driven you are, and how you just continue to stand for what you believe in. And like, I want to pass that on to you. Like, that's such a gift. And we do that all the thing all the time. Um, in how to win friends and influence people, you know, obviously one of like just the preeminent books on relationship building of all time." What Carnegie says is that what people want more than anything else is to feel important. And you know, that even precedes like financial resources and other things in our lives. Like We really want to feel important because if we feel important, other opportunities and wealth kind of come as a result. So if we make other people feel important, that's such a gift. So to me, that is like the ultimate icebreaker, whether it's saying hi, whether it is sh- you know, sharing a nostalgic memory uh, in whatever way feels authentic to you.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I'll just, you know, I know we got to draw it to a close here, but one thing I want to, and I'd love your insights on this. One of our mutual friends, Light Watkins, did a video yesterday that I thought was really insightful and I just thought it would be valuable to share for those listening because I would encourage anyone listening to take this on as a practice um, and use Love Bomb as a tool. Um, Use your your phone, your voice notes, whatever, you know, handwritten notes, um, whatever way you can to make someone feel, you know, seen, heard and valued. Um, But there is inevitably, and this goes to the point that you were raising earlier, Mark, which is there is inevitably a fear that like someone won't respond in the way that you would prefer, right? Like even though you're doing it sort of um, in a way that doesn't require response, sometimes we inevitably have an expectation. Mm -hmm. And Light was doing a video where he said he actually reached out to someone who didn't respond to him back. And then he reached out again and he didn't get a response back. And I know, at least in the situation of my life, that can be a bit of a energetic vortex in thinking about why that is. And what he shared was it's actually not our responsibility to judge what may or may not be up for in the life of the other person, Mm -hmm. but rather to think. And I thought this was a very beautiful frame now may not just not be the time for those roads to meet. But yet to sit in your intuition on where you can continue to move or invest your time and energy energetically in other relationships that may forward a a vision or et cetera. And so and this goes also and this is more in the context, I think, of like building relationships with people that aren't necessarily your core folk, you know, but. But Tim Ferriss also has a really interesting uh, letter where he, when he reaches out to folks he doesn't know, he does similar practices to what you're talking about in acknowledging them. Because you know, instead of you know asking to pick someone's brain for a cup of coffee, if you actually just acknowledge a way that they've moved and inspired you in their in in your life. And, you know, perhaps, you know, make an opportunity for for another connection, but also end by saying, by the way, I know you're busy, so no need to respond. He actually says when you do that, their likelihood of responding is far more significant because sometimes when you reach out, if someone feels the burden of having to respond, it feels like a take, even if the essence is a give. And so I just want to sort of share my reflection that the more I think this can become an internal practice of wrapping these love bombs, if you will, as true gifts without expectation of return. And perhaps even explicitly articulating that at times, you know, like, you know, um, depending on the nature of that relationship, where if it's a new relationship, just want to acknowledge you for this, this, and this, by the way, no need to respond. I just think you're amazing. It can actually even free it up more, um, in, in a way that, that is, that is, um, that is profound and beautiful. Um, and, and it also, I think, keeps us from obsessing if we don't hear back from someone we were hoping to hear back from. I don't know if you have any thoughts or insights in that regard, but it just came up to me as you were talking because I, I can imagine a, a listener's question might be, well, yeah, but I, I've sent two birthday messages and I never hear back from them. Like, you know, how do you respond to that? Mm-hmm. So that, those are my thoughts, but do you have any, you know, closing thoughts in that regard?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought what you said was truly brilliant and it brings up uh, the four agreements and like two of them kind of came up for me there. And that that's one, don't make assumptions as to you know why the person hasn't responded, and then don't take it personally. Um, I know for me, like I've reached out to people, uh, whether it's birthday videos, I'll get a response back six months later. Um, from a business perspective, uh, there was someone who I considered to be a dear friend and colleague. I think I hit him up three times, and didn't get a response from him, and then literally out of the blue last night got a response from him, and he wants to feature me in an article. So you know, all the stories we tell ourselves, if they're not serving us, just you know, keep moving forward. And I find Michael that by coming from a place of love and acknowledgement and gratitude and treating these love bombs, like a gift, then I'm filling my own cup, whether or not the person responds.
0: That's it. That's it. Well, Mark, uh, super, super honored to have you on man. And so grateful for how you show up in the world and the gift that you've been in my life. You know, you've always been gracious and generous. Um, you know, uh, your home's always been open to me. You know, you always are there for me if I have something that comes up. So just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the stand that you are in the world. And I'm, uh, I'm really grateful for you.
1: Michael, likewise, you know, there's few people that we can really just have a heart to heart conversation and open to about anything. And uh, you're one of those people for me. And you just always, you know, are so compassionate. You're an incredible listener, an incredible man and friend. And uh, I'm just lucky to have you in my corner in my life. So, so stoked about everything you're creating with Peak Mind and know I always have your back.
0: Thank you, brother. And where can people find you um, if they want to drop in on Love Bomb or they want to find out more about what you're up to in the world? Like, what's the best uh, point of contact?
1: Yeah, so my uh, Instagram is at are you being Real, completely spelled out. Uh, in its entirety, and then for Lovebomb, Lovebomb.app—that's our social media handle as well as the website to download the app. But uh, yeah, check it out, and uh, you know, this this thing came from my heart, and I created it because I thought it would be more effective than than writing a book to actually give you a tool that you can utilize to uh, nurture and grow your relationships. So have fun, and let me know how it goes.
0: I love it, brother. All right, man. Well, this, this, uh, this will be a, an amazing adventure I'm going to embark on. I'm going to commit to doing more love bombs myself and reaching out to people as as a daily practice. And uh, I'm so grateful for you. And uh, this won't be our last conversation, man. Sending lots of love.
1: Likewise, brother.
0: Much love. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Mark Shapiro. I know that I did. Challenging you guys to go out there and, and commit to sending notes to those that mean the world to you. There's very, I think, little in this world more valuable than our quality relationships. And oftentimes we get busy and forget to nurture them in the way that we can. So challenging you guys to make a practice of reaching out to and gifting those you love with your time and effort and acknowledgement and send some folks some beautiful acknowledgements. I think you'll, you'll see a world of difference in your life. Uh, I also want to encourage you guys, if you have a moment, to to leave a, a quick rating and review over on iTunes. If you've been enjoying the show, you can always uh, send us feedback also at at Michael Trainer at Are You Being Real. And feel free to share this episode with some of the folks you love. Uh, let them know you think about them. Let them know you value them. Uh, and you know, I, I just means the world to me that you're part of this community. So sending you guys so much love. Stay, stay, uh, stay grounded out there focus on what you can do, be at cause, not at effect. And best way to do that is to double down on investing in the people you care about. So sending you so much love and talk to you soon. Without further ado,
1: go out there and live your inspired life.